1: This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker online publisher Sean Callahan.
0: Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online Show, Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, Robin Washett. We are in the month of March. That means spring football is upon us as uh, we are nearly two weeks away from the start of spring practice. if you can believe that, uh, Nebraska will have just one more week of winter conditioning here this next week before everybody goes home for spring break, and then they'll start up. Uh, winter conditioning but in the meantime um, lots going on obviously Nebraska basketball we'll talk in the show later with Robin about that Nebraska baseball gets a nice sweep um, at South Alabama but really the opening headline the headline of the week at least around the Nebraska football program Sip and Robin has been Dylan Raiola and I feel like that's been our headline a lot of weeks Um, but he made an unannounced unplanned visit to Nebraska this past Friday Um, got into Omaha Friday night and you know, you talked to Dominic riola Sipple, you know, going in into the weekend, and he gave no indication of the visit. And then, you know, on our own message board, the Red Sea Scrolls and other places, it was reported that he flew in into Lincoln – or excuse me, into Omaha and Southwest Airlines, came in town, and then they were at the basketball game on Saturday afternoon to see Nebraska beat Minnesota. And well, I think what's interesting is as you're watching this video, this is the athletic director of Nebraska, Trev Alberts, Leading the nation's number one quarterback recruit on the floor during a recruiting dead period. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, They're not very
2: dead. <laughs> it was alive and well. It? Yeah, it was alive. <laughs> I don't see much dead dead going on there. <laughs> I think. I think That's like immediately footage. after they showed him on the big screen too, they cut to Matt Rule, who was like firing up the crowd. Great. Too, so, quite dead a dead period. period some going some on. lines were being towed, maybe, but you know what. They're fine. they're fine. Yeah, and
3: it's fine to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I had talked to Tom on Thursday, and he, you know, he didn't. He gave no indication that they were coming. He said that his the, you know, there it was a boys' weekend, but he didn't mention anything about visiting Donnie. It's possible they decided on Friday. Let's just get on a plane and go. Um, so I don't. It was, it was sort of interesting to me, but good. I mean, it's good. I mean, I, I, if you're Dylan. Um, it was a good trip. I mean, you don't get showered with chants yeah. of your name very often, at least I don't. It, Maybe you guys do. And it didn't take very long for Shanda. Shanda. his presence to
0: be recognized at PBA. I mean, yeah. I had two friends, like, with little boys yeah. that took pictures with Dylan, mm-hmm. like, right away yeah, and sent him right to me. So, like, it it was – you know, he they, it wasn't like they were trying to keep it under wraps that he was in the arena – and then they, no. they then they, they walk him across the floor Ooh. with the athletic director leading him to, to yeah, chairs right past the student section behind the basket. Standing so ovation. Definitely a, a gray area. There's no doubt. I mean, in terms of recruiting, but Nebraska has the relationship angle. You know, it's his uncle. That it's his uncle. That's the key. And Donovan Rayola. You his can't uncle. stop somebody from coming to see their uncle. Yeah. Like, that's
2: a that's pretty cut and dry and they probably just said trev inviting one of the football coaches to come sit with them and yeah bring your family yeah it's <laughs> so, just, yeah. just a big coincidence i'm sure yeah
3: now you know we talk about it a lot because he's the number one quarterback recruit in the country for the class of 2024 and nebraska i mean the best way to say that he is in the conversation at nebraska he is or excuse me nebraska is in the conversation um they're now Simmons of On3, Chad. Chad Simmons, yes. Yeah, I wrote a good story, a really good story, talking to Dylan. And we've said that this recruitment's wide open. People, all, I don't think people believe it is, but if you read that story by Chad Simmons, it, that story suggests to me it's wide open. I don't know why people don't believe that when I tell them. That's the way Dominic portrays it, Dominic Raiola. He always, he's, he's said it two or three times, Sip, it's wide open. And then people will be like, no, it's not. I'm like, well, I mean, what do you want? Now, now Dylan now Dylan says it. I mean, he says he definitely wants to visit Oregon, definitely wants to visit Oregon. They are going to Georgia on March 18th, followed by Nebraska. He talks to Lincoln Riley every day. That got a lot of people's attention, by the way, that Dylan said he talks to Lincoln Riley, the USC coach, every, sing- every day. Yeah, we got it's a horse race. Um, and there's other schools that he mentioned. Colorado's in the picture, right? Texas is in the picture. Penn um, State,
2: maybe. I know not, Penn not State. Anymore. They weren't listed. Oregon isn't. Well where I right. mentioned
3: Oregon. Th- those are the main ones.
2: Could this be a situation where Nebraska is the favorite for Dylan, but they want to enjoy the process and go through the process, take as many visits as they can, and keep their options open? So, like, can can both be true? Can mm. Can Nebraska be? Mm. In the lead while also keeping their mm-hmm. options open and fully experiencing the recruiting process? As far
3: as I'd go, that's a good question. As far as I'd go is to say they're prominent in the discussion. Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Prominent in the discussion. I don't know if I'd say they're the clubhouse leader right now.
0: I mean ask yourself this. The the best quarterback developer in the game is Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. They're in the picture. The top program in the game right now is Georgia. Mm-hmm. They're in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, Oregon, who is tied to Nike, who probably could put together the best NIL offer of anybody because of Nike mm-hmm. and because of his value, probably to Nike, is in the game. What does Nebraska have to offer other than? I mean, like, well, when, when you're just trying legacy. to take off the rose-colored glasses and like look at it objectively, I mean, it's amazing Nebraska's in this part right now, like they're the, in the discussion for. Well, this not player. that
3: amazing when you consider how much. I mean, Dominic was an All-American here. Um, so the ties are great, and obviously his uncle is here. But Dominic's strong ties are, are critical, you know, and Dominic is an alum. Not all alums have the same affinity for their institution as others. Tom's got a high level of affinity for this place. High, mm-hmm. really. Loves it. Loves Nebraska. No. Loves what it did for him. Loves what it did for his family. So that's why. I
2: and mean, how many of those programs have Riola? emblazoned inside of their football stadium, right. you know? I mean, yeah. like, there's a difference there. I mean, the, the, the legacy factor, I think, oh, is, is very real with oh, this with this whole situation. Gigantic.
0: And you get your name, so if you don't know how you get your name, you get your name on the wall on the stadium if you're a major award winner. Okay. Like, you have to be a Heisman, an Outland, a Remington.
3: Probably a first-team All-American.
0: Um, not no. Really? There'd be too many. Okay, you're right. Okay. Like, uh, do yeah. you know how many – I mean, Alex Henry would have to go up there then. I mean, like, okay. you'd have to be put in, like – Everybody up there. Is Alex not up there. No, I mean you got to be. He 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 would do, <laughs> had to have won the Groza. So you. like the the award winner okay. names are up on the wall, okay. and that's why Raul up there as an as the. As the, Re, rem- he was no the Remington. Remington. He was God. the first Remington award winner. I got to get it together. Yeah, <laughs> Remington didn't win. Didn't win an outland. No.
3: Okay.
0: Um. So it, it will be now. Before we, uh, I want to move this discussion on Dylan Riola because ra- rankings too were a big discussion this week with Dylan Riola. Um, and on three, who had been leading the charge for Dylan Raiola, we our team of scouting experts have had Dylan Raiola number one, uh, really from wire to wire. I mean, they've had him up there that high the entire time. Overall, overall number one, number one quarterback, Dylan Raiola. In the new rankings that just came out for 2024, is number seven overall in the top 100. Still the number one quarterback. Um, before that move. He was number one, number one on everything. Hmm. Number one quarterback, number one overall. On three makes this move to put him now down to number seven in the overall top 100. Um, so that that got my attention a little bit. And it's not the writers that do. Like Chad Simmons and guys like us, we have nothing to do with the rankings. Like there's an independent team of scouts Um, that that handled the rankings for on three that put it together guys with college recruiting backgrounds that worked in college recruiting departments and other areas of background that that do this and uh, they came up with that so kind of controversial because on three had him out number one and we really don't know why he dropped like what was the reason that dropped him from one to seven he still is the industry number one which when you add it all together, he would still be the overall number one in the consensus slash industry ranking that we do at on three.
3: Yeah. And you can't, it's not like, I don't know if it would do anybody good to interview those, that independent group of scouts and get a reason why I don't, I don't think that's a good, I don't think it would be a good idea. That's Mm -hmm. my take to get a
0: reason why, why would he drop six spots? He's still number one quarterback. That's yeah. the thing. It's not like
2: he dropped down a number seven quarterback. Is that How rare is that when the top quarterback is that far down the overall rankings? Um, I, I mean, that, you usually yeah. think like top three, right? Minimum. <laughs> that's what I would say is the aggressive move is like to
0: move him down from one to seven. I mean, in that world of where he was at, the one-one, number one overall, number one quarterback on everything to go mm-hmm. from one and then to seven. That's mm-hmm. significant. That's a pretty big drop and you know it will get now will the other services make changes will rivals will 24 mm-hmm. 7 will espn what will their updated rankings look like um you know and on three had waited a while to do a refresh of the 2024 rankings mm-hmm. um you know so they that 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 will be something to watch but definitely i'm sure got the rivals attention a little bit because I'm sure to you know <laughs> there's a little bit of value when you're number one number one mm-hmm. yeah
3: you saw the value again going back to his visit uh and he did say those chants – I'm going back to the visit right now. Those chants at PBA, Pinnacle Bank Arena, gave him chills. So it, it was effective. It was an effective move by I, – I don't know. Can you say by Nebraska? Mm-hmm. I mean, it
0: yeah. is interesting. It's, that picture of Trev leading them. Seemed awfully coordinated. Yeah. Let me also say he's number six, not number seven, um, in the overall top 100. I just want to make sure I had that correct. Okay, six, not seven. Yeah, number one quarterback on every service. He's number one overall player on every service,
2: but now on three has him number six in the overall. Do you think there's value for not being number one overall? I mean, I'm talking like long-term here, like wherever he ends up at school, being the number one player overall in the country and the pressure and expectations – that come with that, as yeah. opposed to being the sixth overall player? You could spin it that way to the Rayolas. Yeah, sure. I'll look <laughs> on the bright side. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I mean, like... I mean, no, you're right. You're that's right. rare territory when you're number one. Yeah. You're the number one player in your class. Mm-hmm. Like, you're expected to come in and, like, be the savior. Change it around. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of pressure, don't get me wrong, being number yeah. one QB and six overall. But there's just something about the, the stigma of being the guy, the number one guy. Oh, I think there's something to it. Maybe, maybe (laughs) long-term, you can make the case, it could be beneficial for him just to take some of that pressure off a little bit when he does go to college. Yeah, I agree. I think it does actually take a little bit, just
0: even if it's a small degree, it's significant. It's a small degree, but it's a degree. You're listening here to the Husker online show. Um, Lots to talk about in this show. We're going to hit Nebraska basketball later in the show with Robin, as it was a, Tough night at Pinnacle Bank Arena on Tuesday, but still, it's been a great run for Hoiberg's squad. And we'll talk about the Iowa game coming up on Sunday. Uh, But in our next segment, we're going to talk NFL Combine. Hmm. That's taking place right now in Indianapolis. Um, And then we'll talk about some of the guys that aren't at the Combine for Nebraska that are hoping to – keep their name on the radar and have big pro days. That's all next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us.
1: You're listening to the Husker online show, your authority on Nebraska athletics.
0: And welcome back here to the Husker online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, as uh, we talked plenty of Dylan Raiola. I feel like that makes the show every week, which it should. Uh, but this week, guys, NFL combine uh, going on in Indianapolis, You'll have three Husker players at the event, wide receiver Trey Palmer, tight end Travis Volkolek, edge rusher O'Shawn Mathis, some noticeable guys not an indie for Nebraska, Caleb Tanner on the edge, Garrett Nelson on the edge, um, and then a former Husker of intrigue um, that will be at Nebraska's Pro Day, I I believe, Sip, Damian Jackson. Oh, yeah, he'll be there. Um, And he's been doing his training in Lincoln to be a long snapper. At the next level. He's, so
3: he's really training. I mean, he's got he goes to Phoenix to get specialized training, goes to Wisconsin to get specialized training, has Slat coach Chris Slat. He's coached Slat up on what to look for, hand placement, how the ball leaves his hand, where I mean why if it if it's off a little bit, Slats slats had to get well versed in that. This is okay, now this is a 30 year old who's trying thirty year old former Navy SEAL who's trying to make the NFL as a long snapper and is putting everything into it. It's going to be an
0: incredible movie if, like, if he they, makes yeah. the, like, it reminds you of the movie where the, um, Mark Wahlberg is the bartender and mm-hmm. just tries out for the Eagles and makes it, I mean.
3: <laughs> yeah, what movie is that? Uh, Invincible. Uh, yeah, Invincible, cool. I saw that. Never Vince, watched Vince it. Papali. It's it's not the greatest cinematic masterpiece you'll ever see, but it's pretty good. It's pretty but
0: good. But this movie, the Navy SEAL, having friends in combat and, and what he went through. Yeah. And then the way he was turned down and he waited for Mike Riley in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think he's got a legit chance to at least get a look.
3: I think so. I mean he's putting everything in he has into that. And he's you know, he's training Four days a week with Chris Slatt. As is Caleb Tanner. Caleb Tanner's interesting. You said edge. I don't know. I I think he projects linebacker. Yeah, definitely linebacker. He's. I think what hurt hurt him. I mean, maybe I don't. I don't like to say hurt him because he was a very productive player. But I think he was a little out of position. I think he could have played like a like a Sam type linebacker, or even In a an three. inside. Yeah, even an inside linebacker. Hmm. Um, I think he could do that, and I think at the next level, he projects as a linebacker for sure. Not an
0: edge. He's not big enough. Now, Robin, what's the schedule for Combine this week?
2: All right, well, Uh, it started already. Um, They're doing, like, team interviews, measurements, all that sort of stuff. That started on Monday. But the actual on-field drills start Thursday, uh, coincidentally with defensive line linebackers. So a lot of those names you just mentioned are going to be right out of the gates. Those start... I believe three p 2 p.m. Central. Well, that,
0: so that would be O'Shawn. Yeah, O'Shawn. The Brown, but the other guys aren't in the combine. Right. Right.
2: right. O'Shawn, O'Shawn. Thursday. Thursday. Tomorrow. When's Trey Palmer? Uh, receivers go on the 4th. So what would that be? Thursday? No. No. Today's the first. Saturday. I don't know what day is today. Saturday. Whatever, March fourth. <laughs> I don't have a calendar. Yeah, uh, you were up till three o'clock so, last night. Yeah, I know. I was, it was basketball. late night was the last yeah. night. Saturday's yeah. the fourth. So they go quarterbacks, receivers, tight ends, all on March fourth. Okay. So the days to watch if you're a Nebraska fan, Thursday for Oshan,
0: but really, set, I think the big story for the combine for Nebraska is Trey Palmer. What will he run? Will he have the fastest 40 time at the mm-hmm. Combine? I think he's going to have a chance. Jeez. To.
3: You think he could have the fastest one?
0: Have you ever seen a guy? I mean, look at Iowa's defense. Nobody, who runs away from that defense like that? Nobody. Because they're schooled not to let you do it. He still yeah, outran he them. Yeah. Like, Ohio so State didn't run away on Purdue, Iowa like that. Purdue is
3: the game that, <laughs> like, opened my eyes when he was just running by those corners. Yeah. like a guy, video game. I like, go, what'd you tell that guy? He goes, I said, dude, you suck. <laughs> Said, Told a corner of that. You so, if he runs a fastest 40, that's sort of reminiscent of Fabian Washington, right? Fabian Washington, the former Nebraska corner. I think he ran a fastest 40 at the Combine back in the... In history uh, at that
0: time. It was two thousand, Early 2004.
3: Three or four, yeah. Three well, five,
0: four. actually, because he, pla- he played was one year for Callahan. Didn't he play the, o- he played the o- 04 year for Bill Callahan? Mm. Okay, okay.
3: that was back. That was back... When you could still scoop people on things. I always remember that quick story. I was laying on my couch on a Sunday night. I was laying on my couch Sunday night, and Fabian Washington called my cell phone and said, "Hey, I got some news for you. I'm going to the NFL." I was like, "Oh man, I'm off today. I got. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do some work here. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get to it tomorrow." <laughs> but that, yeah, Fabian, yeah, Fabian just called with the news, and and then he goes out and bangs out that low fours mm-hmm. 40 it, 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 now sean that'd be amazing if trey palmer did that
4: that'd
3: I mean, be he amazing can, he can, he he's for like sure four, four threes. threes he's yeah. for sure
0: four threes like he's
3: got to go do it now though he's got to go do it that's, that, that's the thing. his
2: game man he's a sprinter
3: yeah and his game is the part of his game is he's an ultra confident guy mm-hmm. like he's not gonna freeze he up. he won't be
2: no he won't freeze up intimidated by the moment no,
3: he loves it he loves it he loves it
0: like he's gonna run it's just gonna look so smooth like yeah you know, when you see those sprinters and you can see their mouth, is like, you know,
3: just that. <laughs> I know. didn't know that, but yeah, yeah. Now that you I mean, just when you <laughs> see like a really fast guy and they just yeah, look yeah. so fluid, I yeah. mean, that,
0: that's what he's going to look like. And, and yeah. you're just going to be like, and they're going to be like, whoa. Yeah,
3: that's going to be
2: interesting. And then. Volkelec. Vokalek. He goes on uh, Saturday as well. Okay. Um, to me, seems like a back end of the of the draft guy. Sure. Six, I agree. Six probably seventh if he gets drafted.
3: Yeah, I think that Vocalex, a five-fifth-round, five, sixth round guy. O'Shawn, mm. same, Fifth right? round, you think? Uh, it'd be high. That'd be high, upper end. What about O'Shawn? I think O'Shawn's a f- five-to-seven, five-fifth-round. Yeah, round, I've seen some
2: round. people say he could be as like high as the third round. O'Shawn? Depending on what he does at the Combine. That's, that's surprising to me. So, I, I think he's a good player. Something to watch. I mean, if he goes out there, I mean, he's a freak athlete. Like,
3: I would not – I don't know. Is he a freak athlete? He he's
0: was good. at TCU. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> saw, like, when they actually could rush the quarterback Watch like that the Iowa, Iowa game. game. He had nine pressures
2: yeah, in that game. Yeah, watch that Iowa game. Okay.
0: How many games were they in third and long where they, they could just send him? I'm not – I am not suggesting don't, – don't hear that I don't think he's a good
3: player. I do. But when I think of freak athletes, I think of Randy Gregory. And I thought maybe O'Shawn Mathis would Clowny. be – you know, yeah, guys. that's how. Now, Rob, <laughs> all due respect, he's not in that right vein. That's when I think of freaks. I don't think of O'Shawn as a okay. freak athlete.
2: See, maybe not freak. He's a very good athlete. Yes, he is. That has great measurables, and he has production on his resume. So if he goes out there and tests well, runs fast, you know, mm-hmm. does, does all the drills, you know, who knows. Sometimes that can catapult your draft stock. That's yeah, for, for sure.
0: Yeah, I look at like, you know, go back to like 2012. You had Eric Martin at Nebraska, and Pellini turned him into a 6'2", 250-pound edge rusher. He had eight and a half sacks that year. Mm-hmm. Do you look at Eric Martin like better than O'Shawn?
3: Just so different. There's or do you just think the way
0: players. the coach and the schemes were, it allowed him to thrive more, where Nebraska, I mean, they had two coordinators, and they had a lot of things happen this past year where it just – there wasn't a flow. I mean, the Iowa game, there was an actual flow where you're like, all right, we can actually rush the quarterback because mm-hmm. we know they're going to throw. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I mean, again, I like O'Shawn, but how many times were we sitting? Come on, we, we watched the games together.
0: How many times were
3: we sitting up there and, and said, Oh O'Shawn got pushed up the field again? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I happened you know, a lot. that was
2: kind of the story of his season. Right oh, there, he there, he goes. There he goes. he was just up. a non-factor. Right. The Northwestern game. So that's gonna that's gonna hurt his stock for sure.
0: You had Peter Skaronski just completely neutralized Nelson, and then they chipped a back on O'Shawn, and those guys were a non-factor against a one and
2: eleven Northwestern team. But Skaronski probably the number one tackle in the draft. Right.
0: And I did like the way
3: O'Shawn pursued the ball. I mean, he was good. He was he pursued, and he was he was very he he was a, he was a hustle guy and he does got he does have the measurables. He's interesting cuz he's an edge rusher and that's he can make a lot of money if he makes it. He's got good agents what I've heard too.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I All right. think one of the reasons he's there is cuz he's got a good agent. As far as Huskers drafted give me your number is it 2 to 5. I'm going to say 5 is the most which is a really high number. 2. You think he's going to be 2. Yeah, I'll go 2. I'll say 3.
2: I don't I just I don't think Vocalet gets drafted. If Austin Allen doesn't get drafted, I don't know drafted. So you gets think
3: drafted. Garrett Nelson will get drafted? No, I Who think are you Mathis, saying Mathis and Palmer. Okay,
0: Mathis and Palmer. Okay, Two portal players, by the way. Think about okay, that.
3: Okay, maybe I'm going three then. I'll go three because I... Who's your third? Mathis, Palmer, Vocalic.
0: Volkolek. Volkolek's. Yeah. No Ginelli. I mean, I
2: wouldn't be surprised if Volkolek gets drafted. I just... I don't know. Nelly will be a priority free strikes agent. strikes me as a, like, right away... Yeah, priority free agent. Remember with the pre-Twitter
0: era, having to, like, chase down all yes. the free agent signings? It a mess. How you'd have to, like, call every guy and, like, track him
2: down after the draft. Yeah yeah that's a night I don't these random like team sites like I remember like the there's like a Patriots blog that like was like the best resource for that really yeah (laughs) don't have to do that anymore
0: guys like (laughs) us and Christofferson we'd have to (laughs) tackle all these like free agent signings Uh, oh yeah
3: well am I missing something why don't we have to do that anymore
0: because the teams and Twitter schools tweeted out it just gets done like immediately now like they just have it out I gotta get with it (laughs) we don't have to make (laughs) those calls anymore just in general kind i mean kind of i mean you have to kind of like figure out if a guy doesn't get drafted are they going to get signed to a free agent deal which means they're given a training camp spot they're mm-hmm. given one of the 90 spots whatever it is or do they get an invite to the rookie mini camp big difference with the chance to try out to get a free agent deal which at, if you're Craig Doman Jojo's dad the sports dude said if you if you get one of those you got like a 1 in 20 to even yeah. make it so you you almost don't want to be drafted in the seventh round. No, you do, because you get money. You get
2: more signing bonus. There's a guarantee. Oh, but
3: you hear different opinions on it. But if, if you don't get drafted,
2: money. you can pick. Like, you and your agent can find the best situation for you to make the roster. See, Luke Gifford, if he was on this microphone, would say, no, Sean, you prefer not to get drafted. God, he, was,
3: he, he knew in the sixth round he was going to the Cowboys, and he
0: didn't want to get drafted in the seventh round. So I don't know, Sean. There's different opinions on that. Well, the money, like you'll you'll get more guaranteed signing bonus money as a draft pick versus a free agent,
2: and so the upfront guarantee is greater with being drafted. But your long term potential of making the team and having the best chance to actually play is if probably higher if you get to pick your spot.
0: Like look at JoJo. He made an active roster undrafted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he got Luke Gifford. JoJo is a team captain now. Stanley Morgan. Stan Morgan. JoJo got royally screwed. I mean, like, he played in every game this year for the Colts. Didn't get drafted. What do you mean? Just the fact that he didn't get picked. Like, I, I still don't get that one. Yeah. Other than his age.
3: Yeah, and he was good. I mean, he was productive. Yeah. I mean, the Ohio State film would suggest draft pick, right? Just that Ohio State his film.
2: age and injuries. Yeah. Yeah, he's, what was he? 24. Ah, that's age. He's an old so, man. Um, the stuff like that's hard to <laughs> overcome in draft
0: world. Um, All right. When we come back, we're going to talk Nebraska basketball. It was 26 minutes of brilliance followed by 14 minutes of some of the best basketball you'll ever see Michigan State play. We'll get Robin's thoughts on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show.
1: You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan,
0: Robin Washet, the legendary Steve Sippel. Hey,
3: As, let's, let's ease off on that a little bit.
0: <laughs> uh, Husker basketball falls, Robin, 80-67 to 67 to Michigan State. Uh, we saw 26 of the best minutes of Nebraska all season, mm. maybe 26 of the best minutes of the Fred Hoiberg era. Um, we had showmanship. We had... Um, T- Tomanaga, um, just the flair that he nice brought. Job. What's that? Nice job. Did I get it right? You got it right. Okay, I, I just <laughs> I got to slow it down. Slow it down. <laughs> but then it turned. I mean, Michigan. I, I don't know if I've seen a team shoot like it that
2: in incredible. PBA. I haven't. Have you? I mean, there's. I've, pr- it's I've hard never to seen f- a team make 12 to 12, 3 pointers and a half. Hard to do on air. Well, for one, hard to do on air. No one has ever scored fifty eight points in Pinnacle Bank Arena. So and a half. In a half. Yeah. Well,
3: no, they scored fifty four.
2: 54. Yeah, whatever. whatever no, so
3: nobody's ever done that.
2: No, that was the PBA a record. Big, big half. I'd
0: be curious, like Michigan State in a Big Ten game, how many times they've done 50 and a half. Well, a... sure,
3: and they just lost, they just scored 100. At yeah, Iowa. that was
2: overtime, though.
3: Yeah. They, I think they, maybe yeah. they
2: didn't give it. Either big, way. Yeah, they had to It was uh, the 16, made three-pointers, tied the PBA record. So, I mean, like, and they, they had four in the first half. So it was so, a record so, performance. So, yes, in, in a couple of ways. Jeez. and. I mean, just the way that that game changed. I mean, things were kind of starting to get um, a little evened out at the start of the second half, but you know, Kase hits that three-pointer. We're Sean, how much time left? Fourteen minutes. Fourteen, 14 minutes.
0: 01. They got it back to ten. Michigan State had chipped into it, and then Nebraska 35. punched back, got it back to ten. You're like, okay, yeah. they survived this thing. They're right. they're
2: gonna because gonna... that's what they had done in this all month. I mean, there'd been little runs where they'd be controlling, and then the other team makes a quick run. Nebraska finds a way to answer, and they they put the game away. Well, it didn't happen this time. In fact, it completely imploded to where I think just the totality of the way Michigan State was shooting the ball. I mean, when you come out and hit your first five three-pointers, that that shook Nebraska a little bit to where, yes, their closeouts were a lot slower than they were in the first half. And in the first half, they were defending on the perimeter as well as they had all season for that first 20 minutes. But when the shots started falling – Their steps were a little bit slower. Michigan State was making some tough looks. And I think all of that combined for Michigan State just gaining uh, unreal confidence and then the inverse for Nebraska where they started doubting themselves. And then that impacted their play offensively where they weren't getting stops. And there was so much pressure on them on the other end of the floor to score and keep up that there was a lot of self-inflicted mistakes. They were taking bad shots, missing open looks, turning the ball over. They had eight of their nine turnovers in the second half mm. in the last 11 minutes mm. when things started falling apart on them. Mm. So uh, they they missed 10 of their final 13 shots in, in that stretch. So they made three field goals over the last 14 minutes. I just tip my cap to... Michigan State, I really do. And I mean, they because they they're were, a team built for March. They always are. Yeah. That's what Michigan State is. Yeah, and so it, that that's what they do. And Nebraska, to think Nebraska was just going to blow them out. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, thought
3: they might be. I thought Nebraska beat them. Um, I, I didn't think them they'd to blow win. them out.
2: I didn't pick them. To, yeah, I picked them to win, but like by, by two. So like,
3: I was startled by the second half. Yeah. I now I will say this. I think everybody Mi- was. Michigan State did at when at East Lansing. Michigan State played about as well as it. Could play f- for a whole game and beating Nebraska by eighteen. They might just have Nebraska's number a little it's bit. A bad matchup for them. Yeah.
0: Well, if, I mean, how many guys on Nebraska's roster would Michigan State even recruit? Ooh. Fair question. Like
3: they rec- they recruit Greasel, would not they? Mm. Maybe not.
2: <laughs> okay. I mean, you about Thomas. Give me, give me Walker. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, like maybe like a portal me, candidate.
2: But give like, me Jamarkon out like, of high school. Is Derek Walker going to play over Maddie Sisko? I mean, oh. Matty Sisco's a 6'11", five-star.
0: Their five are better than Nebraska's five, but that's where the coaching of Hoiberg, you know, he, his strategizing. I would and,
2: say maybe Tomonaga. Okay. Yeah, if just, to, just to have that shooter. If yeah.
0: k win went in the portal today, right now. Oh, he'd like, be a hot commodity. Like, can you imagine, hot like, commodity. the brand value he'd have and people would want him?
2: But I don't, I don't think that's even on the table for him. I mean, like, he, he's not looking to. No win the NCAA tournament. He's looking to try to make the NBA. And he's got a coach that has a long history of putting guys in the NBA, even here at Nebraska. So that's not the issue uh, with that situation if we're changing course here. But yeah, so that that Michigan State game, or Michigan State is a a tough matchup for him, especially this time of year, man. Like that's what Tom Izzo does. He gets his team playing their best basketball at the most opportune time going into March. And so um, they were coming off a gut Wrenching loss at Iowa, where they gave up an 11 point lead in less than a minute. Yeah, at the about, end, talk about record breaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they they came in with uh, a lot to prove, and that first half, the emotions, the way Nebraska was playing, the, just the scene at PBA. Um, that was it was pretty special first first 20 minutes. But Michigan State's mm-hmm. too good; they weren't just going to lay down, and they came yeah. back and. It started off unreal and Nebraska for the first time since they kind of had this late season turnaround did not handle adversity the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, they it all kind of compounded on them to where there was just a snowball on mm-hmm. both ends of the floor when things stopped okay. going their way.
3: I, again, I, I, I just give a lot of credit to Michigan State. Yeah, they're good. I mean, they hit their first four threes out of the gate in the second half. First five. First five. And so they put Nebraska on the heels a little bit. Although, like you guys mentioned a couple of times, Casey hit that three to go up 10. And I thought, yeah. okay, they should be
2: okay yeah, here. You're up double, double digits with 14 minutes left. It's a good spot.
3: The, and that's why I give Michigan State a lot of credit. Because after Kaysay hit that, they kept coming. Mm-hmm. They just kept coming. It didn't coming. stop. No,
2: they really, really didn't. That's where I think it shook Nebraska. To They're, where, again, like they've had those moments before. But they've always been able to shut the door and, this and finish league, it out.
3: This league, we say it all the time. But, God, it is a bear.
2: There might be more parity this year than there has. Well, think about it. I watched Indiana on Saturday night.
3: I watched Indiana on Saturday night go into West Lafayette
2: and pretty much drill Purdue. And then they go back and get hammered by Iowa Iowa. at home 90
3: to 68. Hammered by Iowa. Last night, Sean. Iowa goes to Bloomington and torched them. 90 Shot
2: to like 65% from three-point range. scary.
0: Yeah, and what we don't know is what this will look like in an NCAA tournament bracket. How what, yeah. Has the Big Ten just mm-hmm. beat itself down? I are, they prepa- are they prepared for the fight? Yeah, um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And now, Robin, I mean, it's Nebraska's going to have to play in the day one, which— Day one of
2: what? They the, technically still can be the 10 seed. The Big Ten like, there There are very scenarios. improbable scenarios that, that can— in theory, play out for them to get the 10 seed. But more than likely, they're going to be the 11 or the 12. And then, what's the NIT
3: bracket look like to you?
2: Uh, right now, I think they're on the outside looking in. Going into Michigan State, they were firmly in the bracket. But now, you don't have to be 500, but you kind of have to be. Like, Nebraska's resume, as, as strong as it is with the quad threes and the strength of the schedule, is not good enough for them to be sub-500 and make the tournament. It's because... There are a lot of other good teams with equally strong resume that are also in that conversation. So uh, right now, I think Nebraska, for them to make the NIT, they have to either A, beat Iowa on the road, or win two games in Chicago. Okay. If either of those things happen, I think they have a real shot. Um, Because if they're 500, I think they're in. They can get in under 500, right? I mean, and it, they technically can, but as I just explained, yeah. they will probably not just because, uh, like, their resume. You have to have, like, a freak resume to do that. Like, a whole bunch of quad one wins, but, like, too many losses, and you know, the, that sort of thing. There's going to be a lot of ACC teams that. Yeah, I mean, North Carolina is going to be in it. I mean, the, the, I mean, the ACC. NIT? Yeah. So, right now, the guy that I follow, um, John Templon. John he's, Temple, He's like the Joe Lenardi of uh, NIT bracketology. His one seeds for the NIT are North Carolina, Arizona State, Michigan, Oklahoma State.
3: God, that's a pretty good one line.
2: Yeah. It's or, a good Oregon, one line. Clemson. I mean, so Florida. Like, go, go down the list of Penn State's in the field. So, I mean, like, there, there's teams that, you know, Nebraska, like I said, they, they've got a good resume, but it's not good enough to be sub-500 and make the field, in my opinion.
0: And what do you think for Sunday at Iowa early take on that match? I
2: think they're going to be heavy underdogs, 10 point I, dogs. Iowa's was averaging like hundred points a game. The last few, what they did at Indiana was incredible. That comeback against Michigan state was incredible. They are riding as high as any team in the conference right now. It's going to be at home on senior night. Nebraska never plays well in Iowa city. At least they haven't in a long time. They're coming off a gut punch of a loss in their own right. Uh, it's going to be a tall task. So, I mean, keep I would, in
3: mind, though. Keep I in mind, rule
2: it out. They beat Iowa by 16 right. earlier this year, but that was a long time ago.
3: They, and you know what? They dominated
0: that game. They did.
3: They, their defense was was, that was exquisite. Iowa scored 50 in that game. 50. That's all they got. But how many
2: of those players? Look there? what Iowa scores against Nebraska at home. It's like 90. No. <laughs>
3: How did they only score 50 that night? I don't know. They struggle at PBA.
2: They always have. I mean, for whatever reason, Nebraska's had Iowa's number in Lincoln. Nebraska beat them
3: 66-50. to
2: And it's been the complete opposite in Iowa City where, man, they just have those like 25-4 to runs and just blow the doors off. So that's going to be a tough task. But, you know, in Chicago, if you get, say you're, you're the 11 seed, you get Minnesota, should be a win. And then we'll see what the draw is in the second round. Maybe you get that win. You're feeling good about yourself. Anything can happen. We've seen mm-hmm. it before. Yep. All right. When we come back, we're going to take your
0: questions in the mailbag as Abby Barmore will join the show. You're listening here to the huscarline Line Show.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check.
2: Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin
0: Washett. Let's bring in Abby Barmore to the show Um, as it's time to take your questions in the mailbag. Abby, what do you have to start off the mailbag this week?
4: All right, first one. How big of a hire was Susan Elza in reestablishing the Texas pipeline, and why did Nebraska get away from the Texas pipeline since leaving the Big 12?
0: I don't know if, like, she's necessarily going to just recruit kids from Texas, but I just think her connections to people in the state, people that might reach out to her and know her, she just gives them a lot more credibility, as does Bob Weger and Garrett McGuire. I mean, I, I just think that that trio just adds a ton of credibility to the entire effort of Nebraska going into Texas.
3: Yeah, and the whole Texas discussion makes more and more sense as you consider what's happening nationally. When you start seeing projections or, or speculation about – 20 team Big Ten, 24 team Big Ten. Oh, the Big Ten might grow to 30. I mean, what you're, and and add Miami maybe, or Florida State. Clemson. Clemson. So it's a national discussion. And that's what Matt Rule has said. It makes a lot of sense from that standpoint. It's no longer this regional, oh, can the Big Ten really attract Texas kids? Well, these conferences are going to be national in scope. You're looking at the Big Ten is going to be from the West Coast. Maybe. It's very possible. It's already to New York. Yeah, yeah. And then moving south. So that whole Texas discussion makes a lot more sense in the context of what's happening
2: nationally. Do you think the reason why, to to the point of why Nebraska a Unquote got away from Texas had to do with that move to the Big Ten. Though? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, that that's, seems like the, there's the. Yeah, it's not easy you don't. Yeah, there, you can yeah.
0: overthink that question. Well, and Tim Beck was a big part of it. I, I don't think people realize how big Tim Beck was to getting the run of Texas. I mean, it, they signed 24 players in a three year period from Texas. During what During time the Pelini period? era of 08 to 10. Okay. 08, 09, 10. Okay. And you think about that, that's the best Texas recruiting run Nebraska's ever had. Well, Tim Beck was a former high school head coach in Texas, yep. and he had those connections that he brought to Kansas with Mark Mangino. When Mark Mangino got really good on that Orange Bowl team, Todd Reesing was a Tim Beck recruit out of Texas. So he brought that infrastructure and knowledge to Bo Pelini's staff, and they recruited the heck out of Texas. They got a lot of kids there, and Beck was a big reason why. Once the Pelini staff left, Beck left, they didn't really have a foothold of any, but they'd go down there, but it wasn't like anybody really had the the connections where Beck could just call guys. And that's what they have now with McGuire, Wager, and now Elza. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
3: And, and they, when you have a trust, we, we've talked, we've talked about this, I think on previous shows, but when there's a trust factor, it can streamline the process in a, in a major way where, Rule could call someone he knows in Texas and say, Hey, you have a kid, what, what should we do here? And if if it's just could be one conversation, do it. The kids the kid's he's he's a good student, he's a good kid, and then, yeah, he can play. Then that you don't have to do as much legwork. Mm-hmm. It's it's all to me, it's largely about time
0: management and time efficiency. All right, what do you got next, Abby?
4: Based on how Matt Rule has done it at his previous colleges, has there been any indication of how the spring Game format is going to be no, hmm. oh God, no! I have no idea.
0: Yeah. I think you got to wait to see what your roster looks like. Oh, you, know, you got to right. wait to see what your lines. Have always look like.
2: impacted that.
3: Yeah, you years. have to look. You really have to see what your li- how your lines stack up. I mean, we talk about maybe they don't have enough depth up front. Well, that directly impacts your spring game.
2: Yeah, remember right? when they had like. Three or four available cornerbacks that one year, yeah, and they camp. had guys playing both ways. Yeah, like, how can you
3: have a game like yeah. when you when you have
2: that? So that's very much to be determined. But very I, much. I, I have little doubt they'll make it as entertaining as possible. We'll find ways to to make it worthwhile.
0: Things I don't like at spring games when they when they when they thud and they don't tackle. That's oh, terrible. Them. That's the worst. Two hand touch. Two hand touch. And Oof. then the other thing is. I'm not a even, fan of, like, unorthodox on. scoring
2: methods. Like, yeah, it's like where the defense can score points with, like, sacks and... It's terrible. <laughs> it's depressing. <laughs>
3: Um, we, co- I mean, yeah, and I mean, especially in this market where we cover it like it's a Super Bowl. And then when you get up there and they don't kick off and they're not tackling and you're still supposed to, hey, Sip, can you kind of assess what yeah, just right happened? a gamer. Oh, How God. Did think Casey Thompson <laughs> looked for his
2: two pass attempts?
3: Yeah. I will assess this. Okay. Yeah, but you have to. You have to try. And then we come up here and talk about it. So I hope they do something that's worthwhile. Yeah. And you know, think about like those, <laughs> on, the, those
0: gimmicky scoring games. One year it was Patrick O'Brien. And he comes in, and all he had to do was like throw it away, and his team would have won the oh, game. Yeah, Instead, right. he threw an interception, and to a walk on. Right? I remember Keyshawn Junior ran like the wrong route, and it was.
3: Sean's just throwing people under the bus, and left then right
0: that interception led to the O'Brien team losing the game. Where if he just would have taken the sack or yeah. thrown it away, they would have won the game. I'll never forget Keyshawn Senior was on the field like. You know, talking to his son, huh. like coaching him on that. But yeah, that, that. there was a big posse. He had a big posse there, yes, Keyshawn. Oh yeah, it was. It
3: was. A, I, that's what I remember about that game. It was a pretty impressive Keyshawn
0: Johnson, like bunch of people there. That was the last time we saw them, really. Yeah, it
3: was incredible. Really, boy, the memories. <laughs> what a the
0: Calibrasca. memories. Kelly <laughs> What do you got next, Abby?
4: What has been your biggest surprise since Matt Rule took over as head coach?
0: Oh, man, I don't know. If uh, I'd say his accessibility um, and
3: how he's, he's really accessible. We're going to have another Robin. I, did you tell Rob We're going to have another shot at him Monday. Mm. He's going to have a press conference with mm-hmm. some guys. I don't mind saying that on the air. Uh, it's going to happen. Um, his accessibility and then the planned accessibility, he's going to be very available during spring ball, uh, one time a week for sure and sometimes two. That's I wondered about it. I would say he he'll be very accessible as a Nebraska head coach, which is a great thing. Just look at he many make,
2: podcasts he's done. He
3: does a lot of that, and he makes his assistants accessible. Mm-hmm. I mean, what were we worried about when they, or what were we always worry about when they name a head coach? Hmm, I wonder if he's going to cut down assistant coach availability. No, no, they're well, accessible,
0: and he, he's on top of things. Like I, I ran into him and. With my family after a basketball mm-hmm. game he introduced his wife and kids and was very nice. And 10 minutes later out of the blue, I, he, I didn't even know I had my number. He sends me a text. Yes, saying, he's on top. Like of things. he wants to have his hands on everything. He just said, Hey, it was great to meet you and your family. Like he's got a way about a presence about him. Just his presence at sporting events is what jumps mm-hmm. out to me. Like he's going, not just to basketball games, but gymnastics, mm-hmm. tennis. I don't know if they've been to swimming, uh, but they've been to about everything. And, you know how many Husker football head coaches have been to a Nebraska tennis meet? How m- have you ever been to a Nebraska tennis meet? I, I, I even in my early daily Nebraska days, nope. when we covered the Woody Greeno cross country invite, I never made it to a tennis meet. I don't even go to the basketball game. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> Pretty soon, I'm you're going to be saying, simple you going to go to the football game this weekend?"
3: Um, I, I, um, no, you're right. You know how the, you can swing this discussion, though. And I mean, if they lose, people are going to say, what are, you, what are you doing at that damn gymnastics meet? Exactly. Get, get to the film room. Exactly. It's all good right now. But if they lose a couple games, mm-hmm. the, the, there'll be fans that say, What are you doing at the tennis meet right now? Come I'd on. just say it's this. Am I wrong? No. You're yeah, not. Wrong. That wrong. Is that Debbie Downer?
0: No. That's you the reality. Shut off that's my mic. Grumpy old man, simple time. Everything's great when
2: you're undefeated. Yeah. Uh, I would just say the it, overall. That's right, though. Everything is great. Structure right yeah. of how everything under Matt Rule operates. I mean, the fact that he reorganized the seating at press conferences. I know there were some comments about that because he didn't want to go side to side. He wanted to look straight at people like that thing. I mean, like he is so meticulous with everything And like that. I mean, just stuff like that immediately. Like the
3: the equipment room, me and Sean have talked about this. They have an equipment room at uh, Hawks at the Hawks center. And I don't, I mean, under Frost, I guess the stuff was just strewn about. And then now, now you notice if you walk in there, everything is organized perfectly. You can just grab it and go. It's little things like that. And I and I think little things like that tend to add up.
0: Well, and, like, I heard a story. I wrote this Nintendo talk about a month ago. Like, he wanted to learn more about the ticket office. Yeah. And he went down and spent, like, 30 or 45 minutes um, around Holly Adam and her staff to study what they do in the ticket office.
3: That's amazing. I mean, that's,
0: it's, that's fascinating. Yeah. All right, Abby, what do you got? Uh, two more. Two more.
4: Of the four Nebraska players that could be drafted, if you could pick one to come back next season, mm. regardless of eligibility, who would you pick?
1: Trey. Trey.
4: Big wow. play guy.
3: Big play. I mean,
2: well, he's had, of, he was one of the most dynamic receivers in the Big Ten. He had 76 I'll, catches last year.
0: Yeah. I'll counter for Garrett Nelson just because they don't really have – I mean, they, they technically have some transfers that could give them that, like M.J. Sherman and Chief Borders. You're banking on Blaze Gunnerson and Jamari Butler. But man, Garrett Nelson would really ease oh, yeah. a lot of this
2: defense right he now. He would, yeah. I don't, not a wrong answer between those two. Right, but and, I, I would go with Trey. I mean, you're talking about a day two pick, yeah. In the and NFL draft, I
3: mean, 76 catches, a thousand plus yards. How many TDs did he have, Sean? It was
2: eight or nine.
3: Yeah, nine, nine TDs. Yeah, he, he was big time production. Big
0: the time most product. yards ever by a Nebraska receiver in a season. Yep, first 1,000 yard receiver ever. And he's a game changer. All right, final question, Miss Abby Barmore.
4: If you could choose the artist that plays after the Nebraska volleyball game in Memorial Stadium, who do you pick?
2: Well, Well, That's a good question. The obvious answer would have been, I mean, just out of convenience, would be Jason Derulo. Mm -hmm. I mean, pop star who just purchased, co-purchased an Omaha volleyball team Mm -hmm. performing at Nebraska Volleyball Day uh, in the biggest promotion of the sport the state's ever seen. Is that who you'd pick? I mean, out of convenience. Like that, I mean, you're talking about, all right, so for a stadium act... Like Garth Brooks was scheduled like nine months in advance, like locked in. And so you can't, you. you can't just go get like Taylor Swift or whatever. Oh, like. well,
3: you can. But if you have your pick, you can. Okay. So Foo fighters.
2: completely hypothetical. Foo Fighters. Completely
1: Foo hypothetical. If you have
2: your pick, Foo
3: <laughs> Fighters. That's a good one. Uh, Thank you. Rod, Rod's here, Rod, that, you hear up. Say that. That's a good one.
2: Yeah. Uh, I've heard it's
0: going to be a country act. Yeah, Ooh. I was going to say I. I think country makes the most sense, and it wouldn't be like
2: Garth Brooks. But no, it's it's going to be a Willie Nelson. No, I, wouldn't even, <laughs> I wouldn't even go that big.
3: <laughs> Willie Nelson would be incredible. <laughs> I definitely incredible. think there's probably
0: a lot of interest to want to perform, but what what will what, what will the payday be? Like that's we'll, the
2: thing. I don't know how much they can pay, and it is such short notice for like big acts. Like oh, these things could, are planned so far in advance. Yeah, you
3: got to look to see who's touring at that time. Yeah. But,
2: man, I just wonder what that crowd's
0: going to be. And we're going to be in Minneapolis having a steak somewhere watching that game. Now, Simple think, might Abby? be at some airport Mexican restaurant, <laughs> but we're, we're going to be. Robin and I will be at Murray's
2: Steakhouse. Wow. Yes. Hello. Abby, what do you think? You're a volleyball expert.
4: Um, I think that they're probably going to do a country act. I think if Jason Derulo makes sense, but if they got him in there... There would be some fans that would be like who's this jason guy um yeah you're, they, right. you're right they would right. not they would not love <laughs> that's it how they'd say it much.
3: Much. hey um what so, what about uh, like how many people classes. do you think they'll draw to this event
4: mm-hmm. um i think for sure they're gonna break the record but for it's, female it's sporting event
0: which NCAA, would be or it,
4: the the women's ncaa record is like a little over twenty six thousand. it was a uh, basketball final four. Mm -hmm. So I think that they'll break that for sure. And then the volleyball one is like almost 19,000 that Nebraska and Wisconsin had. That would be easy.
0: They'll break that in like a week.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think for sure, but it's not going to be anything near like 85,000. I think that would be wild. No. but
2: You never know, though. Don't underestimate. Nebraska fans turn out for for events, especially unique events. This is how Mm -hmm. we mark our place in the world in
0: Nebraska. Things like this. Yeah. People are gonna say, no, we matter in this state. We're gonna show you. We're gonna put Nebraska on the map. And people here have a lot of pride in that. I agree. It could be I mean, fifty thousand
3: plus, would that surprise anybody? No.
0: I wouldn't be surprised at all. Because I I think you're gonna have large groups of young girls, volleyball teams from all over that could come into this thing.
3: And people will just wanna say they were there. I mean, this is not to go and say, Okay, like Abby, I don't think you'll be covering it going, Okay, what's that second rotation look like? You know, it's not gonna be that type of deal. Does that does that make sense? You know, you're I not going to be, we'll be doing nah, that. He's good <laughs> <kind of>, you <laughs> for yourself. Jeez, the but, guru. Wait, I mean, come on, they're playing UNO and O, or Omaha. whatever yeah. you call them, right? Can you still call them U and O?
0: Trev uh, kind of okay. cleaned it up. They go by Omaha, just yeah. by Omaha. Like in Facebook, they're called the Facebook, and he goes, "Drop the the."
3: Okay, so it's now <laughs> we call them Omaha. We call them Omaha.
0: The Omaha. The I'm, Omaha. Having ru- <laughs> I'm having a I'm having a drop <laughs> the the Omaha. Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? Mm-hmm. I do remember that, yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's his name? Ju- Justin Timberlake yeah. played the guy in the Drop Facebook the movie. The. Drop the the. It's a good just idea. Facebook. Yeah, that's a really good idea, by the way. The Steve. No, just Steve Sipple. Yeah.
2: I still call him the Steve Sipple. The <laughs>
0: Steve Sipple. <laughs> All right, Abby. Well, we're, when, when will tickets go on sale for that? Have they said?
4: They're April 26th, I'm pretty sure, is for general.
2: Have they said how much?
4: 25. 25. Yeah. And like, then for. Like kids are twelve and under, it's like five dollars. Yeah. yeah, it's twenty
3: five for adults, five for high school age and under. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yes. Twenty five for adults, five for high school age and under, and that's really, really reasonable pricing.
2: Yeah, for a concert and yeah, it's incredible. Volleyball and it
3: feeds into that whole conversation of that that's why I think they'll get fifty thousand people. Ticket prices are
0: really White. low. Really low. Why couldn't they – okay, the football plays Thursday. Why couldn't they get it on a Saturday? I, you, you just wonder what the thought of having it be Wednesday night. The only thing I could say about Saturday is they wouldn't get TV because college football would be – You might all, have just
3: answered your question. Yeah, I think you just answered
0: your question. Like Nebraska Public Media would have aired it, but they would not have been able to get like a network carrier on Saturday because BTN and the other carriers are all going to be airing football. Yep.
3: you answer, I think you largely answered And to not be question. overshadowed also? by football. Um, True.
4: Nebraska had already committed to playing at Kansas State on that Sunday. Oh. It's already been planned for a while because K-State has like a new facility. Okay. Nebraska agreed to go there. That all makes sense. To
0: help
3: open it?
4: Yeah.
0: Okay. What there you the bus down there? Two hours? You think I... I
3: don't know. I don't know, Sean.
0: Remember one year I covered John Cook and they flew to Kansas on a Is Wednesday night game. They flew to Topeka and then they drove the bus from Topeka to KU. So uh, the, rare, rarely schedule. Rare, rarely does Nebraska have a game like that close where they could you know, have that decision. Mm-hmm. So I'll be curious if they mm-hmm. uh, end up flying down there or driving for that game against K-State. But all right, when we come back, final segment, uh, we're going to talk conference realignment. It's on the radar again. Uh, we'll close the show with that next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show.
1: This is Husker Online,
0: your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washet. I'm um, talking national headlines, storylines here, and you know something that I think that's getting all of our attention again. And it feels like every time a year, conference realignment uh, hits the radar, and and now we're not only dealing with the Pac-12 schools and the Big 12 schools, kind of trying to figure out their future, but now the ACC. Uh, particularly Florida State and Clemson um, to to an extent, I'm sure Miami, but those teams particularly really not liking their stake. And what this is all about, guys, is the SEC and the Big Ten are making so much more money than these other leagues. And there are teams in these other leagues that could make that kind of money. They're worth that kind of money, but they're not going to get it in the leagues they're in. And that's what's happening with Clemson. That's what's happening with Florida State.
3: Yeah, and what's happened? Why is it? Why are we talking about it now? In part because of Pac-12's media rights deal came, came out, and Sean's good at this. Sean's like a conference commissioner. It was a bad. It's a bad deal. The Pac-12 deal. A, it's
0: TV with Apple TV streaming. I mean, there'll, there'll be some yeah, Fox and ESPN inventory, but there's you know the Pac-12 network has been a disaster. Like, unlike the Big Ten network and the ACC network, you know you you don't really get Pac-12 network like we. I don't think he's on DirecTV. I don't know what if you lived in California what the situation would be. I just
3: know this. The BTN is magnificent for the Big Ten. I mean, and BTN's a great network. It really is. I I, I watch it's it everywhere. all the time. I watch it all the time, and I'm always kind of astounded by how well they do. Uh, the studio hosts are excellent. They don't mess things up. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about it largely because of – the Pac-12 media rights deal is substandard. And also Florida State and Clemson are making, making noise in the ACC that they feel like they're undervalued in the ACC. So I don't know what happens with those. Now, the, the critical thing is the ACC is locked into this very onerous 26-year deal with ESPN that takes them to, to 2036 um i think it's a 20-year deal that we're talking they
0: panicked and they they signed this grant of rights agreement to keep everybody together they
3: meaning the acc
0: and espn yeah yeah or no the acc with the schools right yeah what this is is it's about inventory television inventory it's a fox versus espn primarily battle and it's a war with these networks texas and oklahoma were fox properties with the big 12. well abc espn has taken those away so now Fox lost two pieces of real estate. How do you think Fox and the Big Ten want to fire back? They'd like to take Florida State and Clemson, maybe bring them to the Big Ten.
3: You know how hard that is, though.
0: It's very hard.
3: Yeah. It'd be the, it'd be a legal mess
0: because of the grant rights and everything that would cause. And ESPN does not want to lose that inventory. That's really what it comes down to. The inventory of a Clemson game, a Notre Dame game that they get on those channels because the ACC package and the Florida State games those carry a lot of value. Even Miami and some of these other games, they they still carry a lot of value. Right.
3: And we always talk about we always throw that term around, grant of rights. What that means is they control your rights. The what it means is, and you use the term they. You can't use the term they. the, The schools granted. Their rights to the ACC. That's when we when we keep saying that grant of rights, grant of rights, grant of rights. The schools granted their rights to the conference. The conference controls them. They did it. I mean, they they kind of sealed their own deal. The schools did.
0: And they they felt pressure of conference realignment. And, I guess, yeah. And not only, I mean, the, the fact that they went so long with the deal was twenty
3: thirty six onerous. I mean, they're in a are a fix at
2: the in the ACC. As far as the Big Ten is concerned, you know, with this discussion about adding teams, how much of that is getting put on the back burner until they actually have a commissioner? Well, that's going to happen soon. Yeah. Wait like, a second. Rob's
3: right. right? But uh, Rob's exactly right. I don't think you can I mean, add right now
2: Yeah. until you have a commissioner. Like, like, can those discussions even be had right now until they have an official lead in place?
0: when a commissioner i mean that will happen fast like when it, if they want to make a move on teams and do it fast like what do you mean fast late summer late summer like it, you can see something like late summer like late that, summer's not
3: that fast
0: think about okay you, I mean, that's a ways away Sean. yeah but we're not mm-hmm. talking about 2023 football season we're sure. talking about like 2025 or you know it's yeah, we're true. years out like oklahoma and texas are still going to play another year in the big 12 and, and they left over 2 years ago it's almost amazing that Nebraska was able to exit the Big 12 like as swiftly as mm-hmm. they did. May of 2010 or June of 2000 they they went and then they were in the Big 10 a year later where it, it's not always that easy as we're learning cuz Oklahoma and Texas's street value is so valuable to Fox. Yeah. They weren't going to let them out of the Big 12 for anything less than what it cost.
3: Yeah. Wow. I mean that was what a shakeup.
0: Because those eight games that Oklahoma and Texas are on Fox for mm-hmm. a year, it's about eight, that's that's huge, huge. Mm-hmm. And the, those eight games are going to leave Fox and go to eight ESPN. So that's what this is all about. It's mm-hmm. not about geography. It's about money. It's about inventory, Fox versus ESPN.
3: Okay. Wow. Yeah, and, and I think we're headed toward – I mean, aren't we headed toward like a 2014 Big Ten? <sighs> I
0: mean – don't you think, Robin, it could be like an NFL where there's an AFC and an NFC and it's going to be the SEC and the Big Ten?
2: Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. We're basically split Power Five. Or How many teams that, in each, though? The halves of Power Five into two conferences.
3: How many teams in each? Like 24?
2: You can't go too big, I don't think, because then it just seems like it gets too complicated. So
0: Oregon and Washington, let's just play, have they're, They they're, make sense for the Big Ten. There's fat you can trim from the Power Five level, I think. Oregon and Washington may be the Big Ten. Okay. Cal and Stanford, if the academic elitists have their way, they're probably in the Big Ten. Okay. And Notre Dame, if it wants to go to the Big Ten, and they say we'll go if Stanford goes, then Stanford would be in the Big Ten, right?
3: Yeah, I suppose. I'm always amazed by when I still see speculation about Notre Dame going to the SEC. It doesn't seem like it no. doesn't seem like a fit, no. but I still saw I still see it. I saw it in an article yesterday. I'm like, huh? Notre Dame to the SEC? It just doesn't.
0: I don't see it. Money talks. The academic no. standards, though, of that league don't really line up. So, you don't think Notre Dame and Mississippi State really line up very well? <laughs>
3: Sorry, no offense to the Starkville. Vanderbilt institution. A That's yeah. their only one, though. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, no, Notre Dame to the Big Ten makes a lot of sense. If Notre Dame wanted to join the Big Ten today, they'd find a way to make it work yes, tomorrow. Absolutely.
0: And I think Stanford would probably be included with them because the the primary games for Notre Dame are USC and Stanford. And if they were both in the Big 10, then you'd have Michigan, Michigan State and Purdue and Northwestern who already have history with Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. No brainer. I mean, it makes too much sense. Mm-hmm. But it's a matter of Notre Dame never has wanted to be in a conference. That's a part of their history. You know, that that being an independent is Oh, it's it's a huge part of their history. Like they're not going to give that up if they don't have to. You got to wonder though
2: how much longer that's going to be sustainable with just how massive the mm. landscape is going to shift. 12-team playoff. I mean, what, what if you have two super conferences and those two conferences play for a national championship and everybody else is just on their own? Notre Dame would have to. That's what I'm saying. Like, they might not have a choice. Right. If they blow
0: up the current playoff right, system right. and just say we're going to make it like a championship, like a Super
2: Bowl type exactly. thing.
3: Yeah, I wonder, is this is this a pleasant conversation for people to hear?
2: For some, no. But I think it's inevitable. So I mean, mayb- the- maybe not to like this degree. We'll see. But like... I don't know. I mean, things have changed so much just within the last couple of years, and I think that this thing is heading in a completely new direction. Like from the
0: ACC, you'd have Florida State and Clemson with high value. North to, ca- to note: Are you talking about Florida State and
3: Clemson to the Big Ten? Yes. Okay.
0: Or high the SEC, but the, but I don't think politically the University of South Carolina or the University of Florida would want those teams in the SEC. But that doesn't necessarily matter because A and M didn't want Texas in the league right.
2: either. Right. There are ways around that.
0: But you you look at Miami. You look at Virginia. You look at North Carolina. There's value in those teams. And uh, I'm sure the Big Ten would be interested in those teams, too. Mm-hmm. We're a ways off from this. I'll, I, I would add Miami gladly, though. This week we can go down there.
2: God. Just adding those trips to the docket.
3: But, well, though, wouldn't it be fascinating that we're taking maybe a season where we go to L.A. and Miami, right? right. Sign we, me up. Right. Okay. <laughs>
2: All right. So that's what I'm saying. Like for for some people, it's a pleasant conversation. Yeah. For others, it's it's difficult because it's completely putting the college football that they grew up on and know and love totally on its head that yeah. long left the building years ago that's though. what i'm saying long left the building where we would like, just make day just trips some people have
3: to process day trips to Ames and Manhattan and <laughs> where me, you and mike
0: babcock would ride down to Manhattan and drive back <laughs> in
3: drive the same back. day yeah.
2: Yep.
0: drive yeah day trip for
2: a football game
3: yeah it was beautiful. it was but those days
0: were beautiful i mean it
3: was a it really
0: we enjoyed were. the big eight and the big 12. all about money now i mean yeah. it is like tv money when you have kansas versus iowa state football games they get that a Nebraska volleyball game draws a higher ra- rating than that's a problem. Yeah, we always talk about. It's interesting. We always say shouldn't
3: college football have a commissioner? They do. It's the TV executives. We just don't know who they are. We don't. We don't know who the commissioner. Fox and are. ABC. There's yeah. there's there's some powerful people that we don't even know who they are. A few people in the ESPN and Fox if I, offices. If if I had the time and the inclination, if I were a national writer, I would do that story. I would I would find out who are the the two most powerful the college pins. football TV executives, and I'd like to know who they are, and and, and they're pushing pro- a lot of buttons and profile them. I mean, there's there are there are there is a college football commissioner or commissioners. They're TV executives. That's who they are.
0: That's what's driven all of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, that money that's built everything and ri- given everyone big pay raises. Mm-hmm. That's that's why we at, we are at where we're at. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, that's why Matt rules making an un- ungodly salary, right? <laughs> it is. I mean, no fault of his. That's the system. That's the market. It's beautiful.
0: That's why we're here. All yeah. right. Well, hey, um, lots going on. Nebraska baseball all weekend. Young Grant Hansen is going to be in Minneapolis. The um, covering the Vandy and the Old Miss, and uh, they got three games. Hawaii too. Uh, Hawaii. So yeah. those will take place in U.S. Bank Stadium, where the Vikings play.
3: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: So How fun would that be? Grant's heading up there. I went on that trip twice to watch Nebraska in my early 20 days. Really? Well, that that was, they the, weren't that in was a the dome. Dome, right? Yeah.
3: Oh, were they, were they in a the Metro Dome? Oh, yeah.
0: So Jabba fun? Chamberlain pitch against Jeff Samarja.
3: You were covering it like a real no, writer? No, well,
0: I covered one year. One year I went with Jeff Lisey, <laughs> and we covered it together. Jeff Lisey did work for Husker Online years ago. He was an analyst for us. So we, That's we, right. D- we drove up there together and covered it and hung out. Jeff's a baseball coach down in Omaha, but then – I went again with my roommates to watch Notre Dame, Nebraska, Arizona. I'm trying to think who else was in that deal. But Jabba went against Samarja. It was probably Jabba's best start yet. For Samarja? Really? The Notre Dame pitch? Uh I'll be
3: darned. You're dating yourself a little bit there, big guy.
0: (laughs) And they did sell beer at those games, and it was a a good weekend in Minneapolis. I'll just put it that way.
3: (laughs) Good for you. No doubt. We
0: had a great weekend. My buddies Ross and Jason, and we had about eight guys that went up there and Nice. Grant is traveling alone and staying near the Mall of America, so I'm, is that right? Yeah, he'll, he'll enjoy. Hey, his Grant
3: stuff. did ask me for Minneapolis tips, and I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, am I the person to ask that? Drive around the airport and look for the Mexican restaurants. <laughs> yeah. What would you guys tell Grant? That's real funny, isn't
2: it? Um, what would you? T- Dinky Town for college kids. Dinky Town. Go to Dinky Town. Yeah, that's just... that's the like bar strip for campus, like where you got actually reasonably priced yeah. restaurants and bars. It's where the action is. Stinky town and just walk around. Yeah. Plenty of stuff down there. Yep. Yeah. So follow Husker online. We'll have coverage of
0: that. Nebraska basketball at Iowa. Robin will be in Iowa City. Probably uh, stopping to get a pizza at uh, Wigan, Pen. Wigan Pen. Wigan Pen. Absolutely. Say that name again Wigan Pen Pizza. That's Iowa really good. City. Oh, Phenomenal. Hey, we good. got it on the way home. I
3: know yes. it sounds good. Elite. That sounds good right now. Say. Yeah, that,
0: that was so good. Good job, Sean. All right. Well, uh, thank you um, for tuning in. Make sure you download, subscribe to Husker Online on both YouTube, our podcast channels, and check us out online, huskeronline.com. We've got a great special, $29.99. We'll get you access to the site all the way until August 31st.
1: Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.